Good morning. Welcome to the Bar Sunday Morning Services. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. You can get involved by calling 800-411-2663, 800-411-BOND. You can also email me, church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org, and put your name in town, name in town, on your emails. I appreciate it. And good morning here, everybody. Morning. Hi, y'all. Good. Good. Oh, yeah. You warm? Is it cold in here? Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a little cold to me, too. <laughs> uh, um, anybody have any questions or anything before I get rolling here? Turn on cell phone. Let's go there. Oh, there, Rob. Yeah, turn your cell phone off. Cell phone's off. Uh, I've been discussing uh, lately the idea that in today's times, we have a lot of people who are crazy in the head who don't think correctly and I've noticed in myself a lack in certain ways of of um, sound mindness I mean I'm getting more sound but I've kind of had to come from a long distance it seems you kind of crazy in the head too well at times and um, it, I was thinking about the older days of this country they're founded and they didn't have we, we talk in terms a lot about about meditation and prayer and things like that but honestly, I don't think the people who founded this country, um, and their mind, minds seem to be much sounder than ours today. And I don't necessarily believe that they were, that to my knowledge of history, that they were that into prayer the way we are now. So it seems they had something else going for themselves. And I, I was dealing yesterday with some kind of hand-related tasks, things that I was doing working with my hands and I realized how much I had forgotten and not done that and when I do those kinds of things I feel much more in tune or something with with reality and I know that in the past people were really into that in America we have people and even in the Bible Paul talks about uh, telling Christians to make sure you can work with your hands and be able to support yourselves it's not just about supporting yourselves though it has something to do with the mind and um I know Booker T. Washington used to talk about that a lot. I've never heard anyone talk as much as he has about the value of working with your hands. Uh, But I've never really heard anyone go into great detail of why it's so important uh, spiritually that we do that. So i just kind of thrown it out there as something to to maybe uh, talk about. But I believe that, that that doing that or having that, working with their hands in that way, created the kind of mind, not just uh, physical things, but created the kind of mind that was sound, that created a great uh, nation. You look at Jefferson and, uh, and, and these guys that were the founders, they were very, very close to the earth, whether it was through farming, whether it was through masonry, whether it was through different trades. Yeah. They are very, very close to the earth, and they created brilliant minds. And I don't see those same brilliance of mind and the same soundness of mind being developed today. And one other thing, I know that there are differences in today, too, and I'm sure the kind of craziness that's going on in today's world is not just about those things. I'm sure it also is about some of the other entertainment-type things that we have that are constantly working on us. But I do strongly believe from what I can see and what I've learned in my own life that uh, getting closer to the earth and working in, uh, in that way does help create a sane... Um, 
mind and bring out, bring out the best in our spirit and our mind. Um, and why do you think that people didn't pray much back then as we do today? I don't think that they did not pray. Uh, I don't know for sure. I, I don't, as I read history and things, I, I, I don't know. It doesn't, I don't see any evidence that they were necessarily as a big block of people who were doing basically, you know, silent uh, meditative prayer. Oh. I'm not saying they weren't doing it, but just looking back at history, and if I look at the differences in people from then till now, let's even, let's even go back to the 40s in World War II or something like that my parents' generation. Now, those people, I can tell you for sure, uh, those people in my father's generation, they were not necessarily into that t- type of prayer. Um, but what they did know is they did know how, they did know the real world, and they did know how to interact with the real world. And they had a lot of faults, but in many ways, they were sounder of mind than, than the generation I see today. Wow. Uh, and so you think it may have had something to do with working with their hands? I, I'm convinced at this point because in my own life, I grew up not really doing that very much. Um, it wasn't something that I, I did as a, as a matter of course. I, was, I developed kind of bad work habits, and I didn't really do a lot of that. Right. But once I did start to do it, um, at a certain point when I became you know, late teens and things like that, and then later on, I got more into that uh, in working on things around a house, for instance. I developed, at the time, a certain intelligence through doing those types of things that I never experienced before through reading books or the other ways that I used to do things. And I'm a little surprised I've fallen somewhat away from that, but just my lifestyle of late, I haven't done that as much. But I do know that when I was doing those things, I had... I had a certain kind of intelligence I was developing that I did not gain in any other method. Oh, okay. Um, back in those days, uh, the people had no other choice but to work with their hands because we didn't have technology to do the work for us as we do today. And I admit that working with your hands is good, but any kind of work with your hands is, is good. You know, anytime you work and take care of yourself, it does give you a sense of uh, freedom, you know, and it does bring out your talent. But let, let, Can I put it a slightly different way? <laughs> Let's take yourself and people I know from the, from the country in general. Yeah. The people I know from the country are generally more intelligent than the people from the city because they, they, they seem to have developed a certain amount of let's just use the word common sense for lack of a better term, Right. that people from the city and modern people have not developed. And I, I think even to some extent you may not even realize yourself or other people from the country just exactly the kind of mind that they developed in that way because that's the way you grew up. You didn't really know any other way. But I can tell you from growing up a different way, a city-fied way, that when I went back into those more basic uh, to the ground techniques, I could see the difference clearly in, in my intelligence and, and, and soundness of mind developing from those things. Yeah. Um, but even in my generation and the generation before me, we still didn't have a, the technology that we have today to take the place of work. When you go to the South now, they are not working like they used to work. 
they don't have that same. So they have a city mentality, right. a lazy mentality, doesn't really want to do anything because things have changed in such a drastic way that growing up, even if young people in the South think like the people in the city. Now, because when I would go to the city to visit, I would see a different in the people attitude and the way they, even before technology was, you know, fully developed, I still would see people in the city being lazy and disrespectful and, and stuff like that. But that was because their parents were taking care of them. For some reason, I mean, in the city, you don't tend to have many responsibility growing up. And that's changing in the South, too. But I don't think it does enhance you, but I don't think it's going to, it doesn't spiritually awaken you or save you. I, I don't know exactly what you mean by that, but I can tell you uh, that, you know, I, I don't know if I say, I, I know what you mean by that in a certain way. Yeah. But I'm just, I, I'm talking about the day to day existence of a person, the day-to-day dealing with what life brings you and having the mind to deal with life as it comes. Right. Let's face it, um, you know, maybe this is right or wrong, I don't know, but I'm just saying, for me in prayer and the things that I do, I'm not necessarily thinking of this as a spiritually whatever. A lot of it is the mind. I'm thinking of what enhances my day-to-day living and my life, my ability to, to navigate through the world and, and see things and be, and be wise about things. Um, and to me, the, it's very important uh, to, to have that. And I think if you don't have that, and again, this is from my own experience, yeah. I think you're missing a lot. You're really missing a lot. It, it makes life much more difficult. Interesting. So you... You're thinking daily how to navigate through your day to get things done and to be productive and all that kind of stuff, right? No, that's not my point so much as I'm thinking, trying to navigate. I'm thinking as I navigate, I can, it's not, as I navigate, I can see my level of basically how I'm able to get through things. I mean, you know, you can tell, you can, you can kind of tell the kind of success you're having in daily chores and daily life and daily relationships. Right. It's pretty apparent. You know, I think if you're honest, you can basically tell how you're doing, so to speak. Yeah. And you think it's because all this 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 uh, lack of consciousness is due to the lack of working. I, I do think it is it is affecting myself. And again, I think you can go back and look at people, and I don't know their necessary history, but I know general American history. Yeah. And I can see a people who I wouldn't necessarily call spiritually perfect in many ways, yeah. but yet had a sounder mind than we do today. Yesterday, um, just to add to what he was saying, I do recognize that a lot of adults don't know how to do anything. You know, they're not really sharp with many things at all. Right. And, I noticed this yesterday. We went... Uh, we went gun training yesterday, learned how to use a weapon, right? And it was very intense. I highly recommend it. I'll tell you guys and ladies about it, especially ladies. It was really, really an excellent class. We took a, we were there from 7.15 until 11 a.m. in the morning. And I was looking at some of these guys trying to use a weapon. It was funny. It was like... 
they just didn't, you know, they, and I realized because growing up, as Patrick was saying now, they didn't have any experience, for the most part, with guns. And it was interesting to see that. But it's because, you know, people are just not taught uh, how to be responsible in the right way growing up now. Uh, but even the people who worked hard with the hands and did all that stuff, many of them still had more issues. They couldn't know how, they didn't know how to get around doing immoral things, avoid that. And so they, and yeah, they were decent people and hardworking people, but immoralities, you know, you still have people having sex out of wedlock and babies born out of wedlock and husbands and wives not necessarily getting get along, better then than they are today, but you still had had those moral issues. You do, and and... I'm not trying to say one versus the other and let's right. cut out the prayer and just go work or something. I mean, that's not, <laughs> obviously not a, an answer. Right. Um, but Do you believe your prayer works? The prayer you do, does it work for you? That's a good question. Does it, it, to a point. Yeah, I think it works to a point. I mean, I, I, I would in some ways like to be overall whatever my, my issues are completely. So in that sense, it hasn't been a complete success. But I certainly believe that it has helped me tremendously uh, um, just just day to day in terms of, of, of navigating. And what would be a complete success in well, your mind? I, I, would prefer, How would I, would, you? I would like to have no anger, um, and I would like to have no reactions to things. I would like to be able to, li- to respond to life without reactions of my own that make things more difficult on me. Oh. And so because you're not able to do that, it, you believe that the prayer is not complete. It's not working completely. I, I wouldn't say the prayer is not working completely, but I'll say it like this. I'm just talking about in terms of tools, so to speak, in life. Right. The prayer is, I, I'm not saying it isn't the most important thing. I think it is the most important thing. Right. But I believe there are other things for the average man or average uh, person, woman, man or woman, that would be helpful in their life. I'm not saying it, it brings right. early gates or anything like that, but I'm saying in this world at least, it would be a big benefit, I think, to people to, to find the earth a little bit better and, 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 and pl- de-plug as best as possible from a lot of the entertainment and things that are going on that I think yeah, are I agree with that. degrading their minds. I agree with that. Um, but I'm not sure people are going to find the earth anymore. I think that's gone for the most part. Well, a few I mean, will when they move back. You know, a lot of people moving back to the country, and they're living, you know, out in the, with the earth. But most people are not going to get back to that. And yet, they can work with their hands doing things and still get that same satisfaction. Well, I, I, I'm using earth as a term. I don't mean they have to oh. have soil in their hand. But oh, okay. I'm saying, yeah. Because I'm not going back to slavery, buddy. Yeah, but, but I'm Being talking about... Being in a white man's yard up. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I, I got your point. Okay. Um, so you don't believe that prayer is complete because you have not gotten over certain things yet? I think it's spiritually complete. If I, if I was Paul and I was in jail somewhere, I would have no chance to work with the earth anymore anyway. <laughs> or if I was Mandela or somebody and they put me away for 30 years, um, you basically all you have is your spirit. You don't, you know, you're not going to be able to do right. much unless you're in your cell, you know, creating models or something. Yeah. But so it's spiritually complete, and, and I'm not necessarily saying it's in, spiritually incomplete. Yes. 
Um, and yet, I don't know if we can completely separate these things from each other because I, there is, there's certainly a spiritual benefit towards working with your hands, I'm, I'm quite sure of. Yes, work, working is good. Yeah. Period, work is good. To be independent and work for yourself and know how to do things, there is a nice spiritual thing about that. So, so if I could only pray, if I could only do one thing, I would pray. And if I want to get to heaven, I could pray, and I'm convinced that's enough. Um, but for making the life that I lead now better, and, or for others better, and having a more fuller, better life that you can navigate in a sensible way, I think it's an excellent tool to have to be working in some way or another with your hands. Yeah, I, I recommend that. Work for yourself. And what I mean, have work to do, do things. You're right about that. But it's not going to change it spiritually, though. I mean, it'll do you good spiritually, but that anger that you have, for example, you will still have it. If you went out and and worked with your hands for 24 hours a day, every day, you will still have that anger. You'll be successful and feeling good about your work with your hands, but you still wouldn't be able to deal with life in the right manner because you, work is not going to take the anger away at all. Well, I understand that. And it's not going to make you secure in dealing with life. Yeah, I understand that. And, I, and I've, I've gone that road to some extent, and it did not work. No, it doesn't work. Um, but I guess, let me just call it an, a, a great enhancement for life, but not a, I'm not saying it's a, re, a replacement for right. prayer. Yeah, it is. You're right. There's something nice about working. Right here. I think work will keep you out of your mind more. Like working with your hands keeps yeah. you out of your mind more. That's one thing that's good about. Oh work. yeah. And I know, like Reagan, I was thinking about the greatest presidents. Like they worked real hard, like Washington and Reagan. It was the last one, but he liked to go to his ranch and just chop wood. Yeah. And you know, it did him good. And I know every time for me, that's why I was asking Martin this morning about meditation. Like, what did people do before they knew about meditation? Uh, I know before I knew about meditation, I used to go on long walks. And I, if I had something I was dealing with, I would, like, go on long walks and then seem like the answer came to me. Yes. I'd just go out in the mountains and just me and my dogs and, and seem like I always had the answer. Whether I did it when I got back down to civilization. Right. <laughs> another thing, but answers always came to me. And like you said, when you read the Bible, you just open it up anywhere. And that used to happen to me two times. I open up the Bible and it was something I was wondering about was right there and I read about it. Yeah. That's what I did before I knew about the meditation. Yeah. So with you, it was good. The work is good for you, but also that quiet time was good as well. Uh, As far as your mind was concerned or wanting to know the truth about things. mm -hmm. Yeah. That's it. Uh, that's what meditation does. Now, when I was growing up, I didn't hear anything about meditation or being, I heard about being still and knowing God, but I didn't know anyone who did that. You know, they did the other prayer, you know, talking to God with words and things like that. And I now, I now think that that's why a lot of people miss the mark because they didn't understand, even though their hearts may have been in the right place, they didn't understand that, yes, God will answer words. God is God. God can do what he wants because he knows our heart. 
And sometimes you can ask them for something and he'll do it. But I don't think they understood that place within and that if you can just calm down and, and be quiet, that you can enter into that place. I think had they understood that, we probably wouldn't be in the mess that we're in today. I don't think they understood it. Yeah. Because it wasn't being, even though it was being read and talked about in a way, but not in a way where the older generation understood how to do it. But meditation is not new. It's just that for some reason down through life, people kind of put it to the side and made it be like an evil thing to do. And so I, I think it was a problem that they didn't sit still to know God. But you're right. When you're working, it takes you away from all this mind thing in your head. And so that's a quiet moment for you, too, when you're doing, when you're all working with your hands. And so that could be, enlightenment can come from that and that you are quiet. You're just working and doing your thing. But meditation is very important. Yeah. Yeah. Be still and know him. Even God did it. Uh, Christ did it. You know. Um, Yes. Just one follow-up on that for me in terms of working and stuff. I've noticed many more times of having bursts of enlightenment about things yeah. while I'm doing something with my hands. I may be washing a car. I may be doing right. something. But it somehow pulled me away from my regular thoughts. Yeah. And it put some space there that something just came in. And I've had that happen over many, many times yeah. from just doing simple hand-related tasks. Yeah, no, it does. It's not a negative, that's for sure. Uh, this afternoon, I need you to come over to my place. I got, <laughs> I got some work in the backyard. You're that a need, white slave. Yeah. But no, you're absolutely right. Work is good. I notice that the people who don't work, they're on welfare, or they're relying on someone to take care of them, or the kids who are not working while growing up in the home, they're all messed up mentally. Yeah. You know, they don't, they're, not, they're weak people. So it definitely worked. It worked to work, for sure. <laughs> and, and, and it's, the point is, it's not the work necessarily per se. Right. It's the giving your hand something to do that pulls your mind away, that, that gives you an opening of, of freedom. I think yeah. that's what the key is. It's not so much the work. It's, it's keeping them busy for a moment to let God kind of come. Yeah, through. maybe, too, that you're not as, as she was saying that, you may not be as focused on all these yes. thoughts and what's going on in your life and other people's lives. And so that is, that is a quiet time because anytime we're quiet from the mind, then God can speak to us or deal with and, us. And the walk could be doing the same thing. You're Absolutely, doing totally doing the same away thing. Away from the normal and yep. something starts coming in. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. Very good, man. You've been doing a little thinking. Doing a little work. Evidently. <laughs> I bet you're happy about that, huh? <laughs> but yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Anybody else? All right. Nobody had a life this week? No devil troubles or nothing? All right. Um, I was thinking about, over the week, I was thinking about, or during the week, I was thinking about when I was growing up, and before me, there were uh, laws on the books that governed this society, you know, a society. And it made America really a great place, these laws that were written. And then it, it held the sinners kind of, it had them under control somewhat. Because if they broke the law, 
then there was a punishment that came with, the, you know, breaking that law. And so as a result of that, the Christians were, for the most part, in control of things. And they weren't all perfect in the way that they were doing things, but at least they had these laws on the book that controlled the folks who didn't believe in God. And then all of a sudden, and and I guess they've been working on this for years because now things are, are changing. And so the laws are changing, right? And the laws that are changing are being used against the lawmakers, against us, the, the decent people. They are changing those laws, and now if we speak against their new laws, then we are punished for them. You know, you can lose jobs, you can go to jail, you can whatever, whatever. And I'm thinking, how did that happen? Or, no, why did it happen? I know how it happened, but I wonder how is it that we have laws on the book to govern evil, and then now, today, the laws have changed for the most part, and the good people are controlled by the evil laws, the Christians. It's like we are playing catch-up now while they are laying down their foundation. And we're at a point where we have to follow their foundation almost, unless you're willing to just suffer for standing upright. And I wanted to give you some examples of how those laws have changed. For an example, uh, Planned Parenthood received over $500 million of our taxpayers' money last year to perform abortions. Over almost, you know, over $500 million. There was a law in the book that said abortion was wrong, that it was wrong to have abortion. Not only did we not pay for abortions, we didn't even support abortion. But they started a movement and changed that law, and now we have to follow that law. Not only do we have to obey it, we help by paying for it. And when I say we, I mean the Christians. They help by paying for it, and at this point, there's nothing they can do about it. All we do is complain about it, but we can't change it. And we haven't changed it. Not that we can't, but we haven't. We now go along with it. We are in agreement by paying for it. And then there are a lot of Christians who are having abortions. So, you know, that law changed. And then they had this law of uh, sodomy. And that's what it's called? That's what it's called, right? There was a law against that. And that law was changed. And now, not only is that accepted, but gay, same-sex marriage is being accepted. So it went from that to that, and we, the Christians, are being controlled by that. We will have to openly, eventually in all states, I don't see one state that that's not going to be, where we will have to accept same-sex marriage. We're going to be walking down the street with people who are same-sex married folks and doing like straight people. We're going to see them in the churches and everywhere, and we can't do anything about it but complain about it. Oh, that's wrong. And then we're getting to a point where we can't even outwardly complain about it. An example of that, there, was a, there is a preacher down in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, who was set to do the benediction at Obama's upcoming inauguration. And, and according to the report, about 10 years ago, he preached a sermon about same-sex marriage and that he is saying, he told his congregation, 
you, you should never, ever accept same-sex marriage as normal. Ten years ago, he preached about that in his church. When it was announced that he's going to be doing a benediction for Obama or at the inauguration for Obama, the guy had to bat down, and now he's not going to do it because the gay people are mad. But yet you got a gay poet, poet that's going to be speaking at the inauguration, openly gay person. And so the preacher had to get out while the gay is going forward with that. And he backed down because the people got upset. And he had a meeting with the White House. And I don't know exactly what was said, but after that meeting, he decided he wasn't going to do it because of the controversy. And yet there is no controversy with us. We let this happen. You know, we, and these are Christians. I mean, we are a Christian nation. There are Christian laws that are now being changed. Isn't that amazing? And we can't do anything about it. And I say can't. I don't really mean we can't. We really can. But due to fear, they have such control over us with their new laws, and we're subject to their laws, that most people are not going to do anything about it because they don't want to have to go through anything. They don't want to have to lose a job or be called names or attacked. And they really attack you when that happens. It is amazing to see that. Uh, did you want to say something about this preacher? Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to ask because I didn't hear about the story. Did the preacher... Um, did Reverend he, Gately or something like that. I mentioned right now his name. Did but he, go ahead. Did he, uh, did he back down cowardly or did he just stand on principle and say that I, I, can't, I can't do this? I, I don't know. I know that he was going to do it. But And then the report said that he met with the White House or had a conversation with the White House. And after that meeting, he decided not to do it because the people were upset about it. So I don't know what was said to him in that meeting to make him do it. Him do it. But the fact that that happens, happened, that he's backing out. The gay guy is not backing out. They're participating. The fact that that happened in a Judeo-Christian nation with a preacher it says a lot to me and speak volumes how we are becoming more and more subject to these new laws that goes against God, goes against our values, but we are being forced to follow them, whether we like it or not. I agree, um, but don't you think it's a good thing if uh, if he um, still stood on principle and didn't do it because of him standing on principle rather than cowering down and not... Uh, well, there was no sign that he backed down due to principle because he had accepted the invitation to do oh, it. Oh, so it looks like he yeah. uh, was kind of like... Uh, if he was standing on principle when he was invited to do it, he would have said no right then and there. There would have been no change of mind about it. Okay. But so it, wasn't, it didn't seem to have anything to do with principles. It was, the report is he spoke against uh, same-sex marriage 10 years ago at his church. So, no, it doesn't seem to be. For what, the story that I have, I, don't, I wasn't there. I don't know all the details of why he, but that's what's being reported. And the Christians are walking around cowardly now following the laws of evil, the new laws that have been put there by evil. Isn't that like amazing or just me seeing this? Um, go over right here, John. And I have something. Did you have your hand too? Oh, okay. Yes, sir. In the new Double uh, Seven movie, I don't think they, there. I don't think there was uh, ever in any of the. I've seen a lot of Double Seven movies. I never saw this though. And the newest <laughs> one, 
the villain has a you know 007 James Bond tied down, and uh, he threatens him. It's two men. One was threatening the other one by uh, sexually, you know, molesting him or whatever. And then uh, James Bond looks at him and looks him in the eyes and said, "This won't be my first time." And then the guy backs off and and he like straightens up, stops acting like a homosexual. Yeah. And uh, so it's kind of like definitely yeah. in the culture if that it if is like part of the if the you know. It's all, it's all in that movie. It's in, the, it's in the movies, it's in the TV shows, it's everywhere. But my thing is that these laws are being laid down every day. They're coming out with brand new laws, and they are taking away the laws that governs the people who are lawless. They don't believe in the law of God, the laws of God in their hearts. And these laws were set up, the founders, and they, they set these laws up according to the scriptures, and these laws are all being torn down, being taken away, and there's no outcry about it. And, and I notice that these people are coming to the forefront and just acting out with no shame. Another example of that, there is a, a, a reality show, a couple of them, but one that I really find inter- interesting is uh, Sisterhood. You heard about this show? And it's out of Atlanta, it's a group of black folks. It's about wives of preachers, first ladies of the church, right? And they are doing this reality show, and these women are absolutely out of control. Filthy mouths, uh, dressing like whores and, you know, just dressing up, makeup, makeup, and all that crap, and just angry and acting out, and they're wives of preachers. And it's a reality show. Yes, there are some people out there trying to stop this, but they're not going to be able to stop it. They have a petition going forward, but they will not be able to stop it. Sisterhood is going forward. And the reason for that is because the laws are against the good and now support the bad. And then the people who are watching these shows, especially young people, uh, and when I say young, I mean 50 and down, they see this. They're going to see the sisterhoods. On this show, making money, getting fame, and, and, and you know, traveling and looking good, they're going to want to do it too. It's, they don't have enough strength to reject that, and you're going to have more sisterhoods coming out. And these preachers are allowing their wives to do this. You should see them. They are like angry, out of control, carrying on women. And there's one woman in there who is quoting the Bible, like 90 going north, but yet out of control. And they hate her for quoting the Bible because she's not limited, right? But it's a mess. And this happened to be a black reality show. And I'm thinking, how, did, how come the church is allowing this to happen? Why would these preachers allow their wives to do this? And what type of message is that sending to the next generation of girls, of young women? It's out of control. Another one, yes, sir. Uh, in this show, does it uh, say who uh, these women are married to? Like, are these preachers well-known guys? Yeah, they show some of the husbands. I, you know, are you look at people that are known. Oh, are they like popular guys? Yeah, the popular. Uh, well, some of them have pretty large churches, and I think they are popular in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I don't know. I've not heard of them. 
they're, personally. They're not the ones that, you, that are known nationwide? Not yet, but they'll be coming. Believe me. This, because evil influences just as good does. And when you put evil on big screen like that and it's famous and it is, it's exciting, you're making money and you're popular, they're influencing. So it's going to influence more and more and more. Believe me. These people who are putting these type shows on, they, they're not going to do it if it's not influencing and they're making money from it. But it's the people who are participating, like sisterhood, they should never agreed, have agreed to do a show like that. That should have been a no, we're not going to do that. Do you think that um, like this show Sisterhood is an example of something that's, that has been going on for a very long time? i give you an example. Like when I was a kid and I used to go to my mother's church um, and even with some of my family down south, I used to go to their church and I just was like, I don't like this. I didn't like it because it was just such uh, blatant hypocrisy and uh, nothing in there was true. Yeah. And uh, I just didn't want to have nothing to do with it. So do you think that maybe this is just exposing? Um, I mean, it's not a good thing, but it just, this is not, it's not like it's something new, though. It's not new. It's been hidden away, and now it's coming more to the forefront. And you're right about that. And that's what happens even in our personal life. If we have hidden away sins in our in our in our life, don't deal with it to overcome it. It'll be hidden only for a little while. Then we'll find ourselves doing it until finally it's out in the open. It's the same thing. This has been going on in the churches for a long time, and it just now is now coming to the forefront because evil is in control of a whole lot of things now. You know, it's just out there, and so more it feels brave now that it can just come and do its thing because what's going to stop it? Nothing to stop it. And that's how Eva operate. We gotta, and we gotta understand what happened so that we can stop this. I don't know what people think is gonna happen to this country and to our families by allowing these laws to be made, because it's not leading to anything that's good. Nothing good is coming out of it. If something good were coming out of it, it would be a different story. In that, let's say that we saw it and then we say no to this and we stopped it. That's good, but we won't even stop it. It's getting worse. Another example of a reality show yet out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, now, it may be off on a number, maybe 10. I mean, but 11 babies and 10 mamas, 10 baby mamas. You heard about that? A reality show called either 10 baby, 10 baby mamas and 11 children or 11 children and 10 baby mamas, whichever way. But what it is, this one so-called rapper has all these children with 10 people, and now they're making them famous with a reality show. And no shame in it. No shame in it. They're going to pay them to be morally bankrupt, and there's nothing that we can do about it. And just think about the number. We have brought, dealt with so many disturbances of black men making babies out of wedlock. And they had like tons of kids by a truckload of women. And we used to say, oh, that's wrong, that's bad. The government is taking care of them. Now it's becoming famous. So the shame is going to, will be taken away from that. And just think of the number of young men and women who are going to deliberately go out there now 
to make babies and become baby mamas and baby daddies because they're now going to think they can be famous. Same thing we saw with the rap crap that we had. Remember all the young people getting into being rappers because it was so popular and so famous? And we really didn't do anything about that. And so it just, and when I say we, I mean the Christians. Ten children by 11 different women. And his newest girlfriend is uh, 20 years old, uh, 20 or 21. She's one year older than one of his kids, one of his daughters. And this is going to be a reality show. Yes, sir. Um, it, it just uh, seems to me that uh, the, the, the TV media is taking, uh, capitalizing on, the, on people's need to judge. And that's why they're they're exploiting. When, you know, you think about the uh, the the traditional um, high drama Ricky Lake Springer show, where you would have people doing these ridiculous things. Yes. Now you have these wives um, who are you know with their shenanigans and what have you. People enjoy to judge other people, so the media knows that that uh, if you do uh, caliber shows like that, that uh, people will be glued to the TV just because they enjoy judging. Yeah, it, de- it, definitely, it definitely causes, if you're not aware, it causes you to feel better than the people in these shows acting out. And you know why? They, use, they do use that. But my point is, this is not good. Where are the Christians? Where are the people who can stop this if they unite together? Because the poll says that 80%, or the staff says that 80% of the folks in this country believe or say that they are Christians, that they believe in God. So if 80% believe in God, why is it that the few is having such a negative impact on us that they are passing law that is preventing us from even functioning, disagreeing with it? Why is that? This religion, God is stronger than Satan. And so God's children should be stronger than Satan's children. I don't see that. I really don't see it. Yes. Jesse, we have an email that came in from Carson. Okay. And he says, another law used to be in the books made adultery illegal. Yes. That the old black and white movies, a character would say uh, he's cheating on his wife. Another character would say he's going to call the law about that. Uh, The way so-called moral people slip away from church is when they reject the book of Genesis, Carson says. When people reject creation, Noah's flood, and God, they reject church. Uh, He also goes on to say, public schools cause millions of children to reject the Bible. Public schools have made Jesus and the Bible against the law. And because of this, they've made uh, changing the law easier. That's made changing the law easier for liberals. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. All these things are happening but my, my question is, why? What is wrong with Christianity, a belief in God that we have totally turned everything over to evil? I mean, I've always heard that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world, you know. I've heard that God is greater than Satan. So you're absolutely right. These things are happening in the public school system. Adultery is popular now. 
I mean, you know, you mentioned Jerry Springer and all those guys. You can turn on that show any day and you see sisters fighting over the same man because one sister, you know, has sex with her husband or vice versa. And they say, well, why did you do it? Because I just like sex and I wanted to do it. Or she treat her husband wrong. She's, she's too angry at her husband. There's like no shame about it at all. And there used to be shame. So as Eve was coming out of the closet, the shame of being wrong is, is going away, you know, is disappearing. And so there is nothing to stop. I mean, we are subject to laws of evil now instead of the other way around. So my question, and I want to ask Rhonda first, why? I don't know what happened to Christians that they became so cowardly. I mean, you know, how come this power of evil, which is a fate power, by the way, evil really doesn't have power. It, has, it only has deception that looked like power. What happened? Just first of all, the word Christian is loose, a loose term people apply to themselves. They don't even know what it means. And then we just have double minds. We're double-minded about everything, so we can't make a decision. The people who are doing evil, they, they have one mind. They, they do. Straightforward, and that's it. They We're go for it. about everything. If it's somebody else, we don't mind. Yes, we want to make them do that. But if it's our situation, if it's an abortion for our child, then we're going to slip, you know, go to the side and get an abortion. But we don't, you know, we don't mind making a law for someone else, but then we don't necessarily want it to apply to us. But what they don't realize, though, and I hear a lot of people saying that, you know what, uh, people have the right to do what they want. So if they want to have an abortion, let them have it. I don't believe in it. But you do believe in it when you support it. When you don't rebuke it, then you believe in it. You know, we have a responsibility like we did in the good old days. When boys were boys, men were men. We rebuke what was wrong. We didn't say, well, you know, you have a right, right to just do it. Because the Christian loved the sinner the center in the right way and hope that the sinner would get, be get better by correcting the person, not hating them or judging them. I'm sure there were cases where that happened, but you didn't go along with it. Now the folks will let their, their parents will let their own daughters do that. Their fathers and mothers will let their kids be out of control and not even say anything. I think we were going, I think certain Christians were going by the law too. They didn't really believe it in their hearts and they were just going with what the law said too. So as soon as it was an opportunity for them to change that, then they kind of slid to the, to the left too. Do you believe me when I say that we have, if we, when I say we, people who be, truly believe in God, that we have the power to stop this stuff? I we don't have to be subject to their laws? I definitely believe God has more power than evil. But, um, and do you believe that power is in us? Do you believe it's in you? I do. You do? And so knowing that that power is in you, what is stopping the world? What is stopping? What is, why? What's happening? I'm still of two minds. You, you, I still haven't committed fully in, in either a, direction. A little louder for me. I'm still of two minds. I still haven't committed fully in either direction. I, you know, I don't want to go all the way to evil, but I see good. I see good is good, but I don't, you know, necessarily, once I leave here, it's so easy to fall back into that. You know? and, and why, though? Because that's where, that's everything around me. You know, that's, that's oh. validated everywhere around me. Even though I know 
even though I know it's not right, I know I don't want that, but it's it's easier to give in to that. Very if good. If I don't give in to it, I'm just still over here by myself all alone. Even, you know, I don't even see how you, you know, what you preach is so different than what a thousand, hundreds of thousands of other churches across the country and across the world preach. So how, and even within us, we're still double-minded. So how is, how could it be anything but what it is right now? That's a very good statement. It's interesting. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday about that very thing. Uh, He was telling me that, uh, I asked about a family member of his, a nephew, and and I said to him, um, is your nephew still using uh, marijuana? Is he still smoking that stuff? He's like, yeah, I think so, but he lies about it. But his brother says that he does, right? But the nephew lies about it when they ask him about it. And I said, uh, yeah, I can tell your nephew is kind of a liar because he's so sweet and nice, and you've talked to him, he just looked like he's an honest guy. He could lie and be really nice and sweet, and you wouldn't know it. I said, well, that's interesting. How is that? And he said to me, well, all of the men, I believe he said, all of the men in my family are like that. It's just a, he may not use the word curse, but a curse of the family like that. And that all the men don't ever really stand for anything. And I'm like, wow, that's something else. And so I said to this friend, I said, um, how about you? Are you able to stand for things that's right? And he said, not quite. I, I really want to, but I can't. I really would like to just get over this and at all times be honest and fair and stand for what is right. And I, it made me think, and I'm thinking, wow, I totally understand that. And I think the way God's way, his laws are so simple and we're so complicated because we've been so messed up and deceived and taught the wrong way for so long and we're so identified with it we make it complicated and his way is so simple it is preventing us from just falling into his way because it's so simple it's simpler than what I can even well we could never imagine it and I, and I thought of and, and he may have brought this up but I, one of us brought it up about when remember the woman that was uh, uh prostitute, and the people wanted to stone her, and Christ said to the people, uh, let ye without sin cast the first stone, and so they all put the stones down and walked away, and then Christ said to the woman, go and sin no more, and at that point, she was free, you know what I'm saying, and so I asked him, what did he think the sin was that she was free from? And, it, and we had a really good conversation from that. And so I want to ask you, Rhonda, you heard that story before, right? What was her sin? She was a prostitute, and he told her to go and sin no more. I'm sure it stemmed from her anger and resentment of something that took her to that place. I know, but don't tell me, I mean... Don't, I don't want, because you're not going to really see the reality of what happened if you just quote back everything is evil or or anger, right? Mm -hmm. Even though you have a point, but what was Christ talking to her about when he said, go and send no more to the prostitute? 
I mean, have, have you thought about that story before? Or did you think no. you knew what it meant? I really haven't, no. Oh, okay. Have you heard that story, Kent? I don't know if I've heard that, those words. I, I think I, I know a little bit about the story. But, but you're not that familiar with it? No. Okay. Who is familiar with that story? Are you familiar with that? Yeah. And, and what was her sin? Um, prostitution. Prostitution was her sin. Was she a prostitute or was she an adulterer or something like that? What was she? Adultery. Adulter. Adultery. Adultery, yeah. yeah. Okay. And so that was the sin? I think it was. Listen, this year, let me tell you all this. This year, and I mentioned this on the first Sunday that we had our meeting, it's not a contest. I'm not looking for you to say what you think I want you to hear. I mean, you to say what you think I want to hear. We got to have real fellowship and honest looking at ourselves and trying to know that we know that we know or if we don't know. We need to know that we know that we don't know. Because you go through another whole year just quoting stuff and intellectually thinking that you understand it and your life not changing. So I really want real legitimate fellowship. I'm not looking for anything. You know, go ahead. No, what, her sin was uh, um, her lack of, well, he was basically helping her to repent, right? Well, giving her the freedom to not live the lifestyle that she was living that was getting her in the position of almost being stoned to death. So he was, the, the sin was the adultery. That's what I think it was. Okay. Whatever the act, whatever it is that was pushing the act, pushing her to act in a way that was ungodly. Oh, okay. Uh, John, you know that story too? Yes, uh, I, I agree with Douglas. I think the sin was the act of adultery. adultery. Oh, okay. Uh, I think that's what kept her enslaved was, was that act. So that was her sin. Okay. And Patrick, what do you think the sin? You heard the story before, right? As far as the story goes, I agree with them. I mean, I think that's what she was doing. That's what almost got her killed. And he said, sin no more. Now he, you know, Jesus is Jesus, so he's deeper than, than we would think. But that's the way the story appears to me. Oh, okay. saying, turn away from, from that and, and live. All right. Um, I thought about this thing yesterday, that story, because we had it, you know, we were having a really interesting conversation. I'm not sure if adultery was the sin. Adultery is wrong. It should never happen. And the reason I'm not sure that, I think it was more to it than what we realized. I've always only thought of it as adultery because that's what I was taught. So the woman was an adulterer. Go away and do it no more. So you naturally think that. But as I'm waking up, everything I thought wasn't it. It was a problem. It's not right to do it. But it wasn't it because that was too, it was so, it was a simple commandment or suggestion to this woman and she did it. And as far as we know, she never did it again. One other one that we talked about was uh, when Lazarus was in the, was dead for four days. Was he dead for four days? Yeah. yeah, he was dead for four days, right? And the folks around the grave were crying and saying, oh, Jesus, come and heal him. And, um, and Jesus went to the gravesite, and all he said was to the guy, come out of the grave. And the guy got up and came out of the grave. How simple is that? You know what I'm saying? And one other quick example is when in the Bible, uh, there was a guy who went to Jesus and said to him, come and heal my son. His son was sick, I believe. And Jesus, he said, if you were there, 
if my son would be okay if you came and, and healed him, right? And Jesus said, well, your faith has healed him. The fact that this guy had this simple faith in God and healed his son at the house, and Jesus wasn't at the house. So there is some, something about uh, simplicity of God's way that we're totally missing, and that's why the world is changing and taking over our lives because we are not what we could be because we're so screwed up. We're so dumbed down and brainwashed and into our minds and ego about things. And that's why I think we have trouble with life. We want to do right, but we don't. We keep thinking that we're there, but we're not. Because we don't see the simplicity of God and his way. We don't have it yet. We don't see it. And that's why it's so bad when you dumb down your kids. As soon as they pop out of mama's womb, you start teaching them taking them away from that that they already know and prevent them from growing in that simple way of God. I, I'm sure, I think I'm on to something here. Because as I wake up, and it, it, everything I thought was wrong. I'm starting even more to realize that everything is already, everything that is to be is already there. And our dumbing down won't allow us to see that. It's, I think it's a mistake to even struggle for anything, especially spiritual things. I think if we just relax and live as is, I think our life would change by itself. I don't, and so you won't be disappointed because we're only disappointed that we're not what we thought that we were because we're trying to change it. Because if you're not trying to change something, why would you be disappointed that the change didn't happen? You know what I'm saying? So I hopefully this year we can find that simplicity of God. He's, he's simple. His, his way is easy and light, and there's nothing that we can imagine. That makes sense a little bit? Robert, did you have your hand? Yeah, I had my hand and stuff. I think what the real sin was is breaking the trust of the covenant. You know, uh, when they were married and stuff, you will... Uh, Love each other till death do you part? No, I'm not saying that that's right what the woman was doing. What I'm saying is, why would Jesus mess it so simple to her that it just changed her just like that? You know, because basically, if you let go of the trauma that led her to this, then. But you don't know that for sure. I think I do. I I feel it. You do? Yeah. And that's why she became free? That's to my feeling, what yeah. my heart is telling me, yes. Uh, okay. You may be onto something. She let it go, and she was yes. healed. Yes. Maybe. But we got we to gotta get away from this brainwashing stuff that we're into. If you've been taught religion, then you're messed up. Just know that. It's easy, folks. It's It's easy. It's real, real easy. And we have to get to a point. I have one minute left? Wow. We have to get to a point where we have to allow life to happen and not try to force life to happen. And I think that's where God really takes over and takes us. You cannot put any effort into changing evil that's in your life. It doesn't work like that. It would never work. All by itself, we can do nothing. And of ourselves, we know nothing. Now, how do you get to that point where you understand that? 
But I do agree that you got to overcome anger. That's the one thing because the anger definitely separates you from God. I don't care how many Bibles you know or how many Bible classes you attend. You got to let the anger go in order for understanding to come in. Because God said before you enter into the kingdom, you must repent. You must repent. All right. We're out of time. Wow. We'll pick up on this next week. Thanks for tuning in and calling in, folks. And thank you guys and ladies for coming. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're